Hey, I just want to jump in real quick and let you know about our free private Facebook group that I've just started for all our podcast listeners. Now, this is a great place for all ambitious Christians. We can talk about all the latest strategies and tips and advice we've learned from everything from inside to outside of this podcast, everything there is to do about achieving your God dream. I'll leave a link in the show notes down below where you can check it out and join for free. Also, if you're enjoying the Son of Man podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. This will help me on my journey to empower more ambitious Christians from all over the world just like yourself. But anyway, let's get on with the show. Hey, I'm Paul and welcome to the Son of Man podcast. This is a podcast for ambitious Christians who are working towards their God dreams. For me, God has put it on my heart to end homelessness in New Zealand. So join me on this journey as I talk with experts about how we can learn more about God, dive deeper into our finances, have better relationships, work smarter, set better goals, and live healthier lives so we can achieve our God dreams. If this is something you're interested in, make sure you follow this podcast on whatever platform you're currently listening to this on. And without further ado, let's get right into this week's episode. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 30 of the Son of Man podcast, and I've got a crazy episode lined up for you today. It's with a guy called Tyler Moon, who is um, someone running a 10-mile race over in Minnesota, and basically what happens is he has uh, cardiac arrest, goes into a coma, concussion, the whole shebang, and it's a crazy story about how God shows up in his life, uh, what God's doing in his life, and usually what we do on this podcast is talk to people who ain't to help people who are ambitious Christians, right? So people who to how to read the Bible more productively, how to set better goals, how to sort your personal finances, and I believe this is going to fill you with faith. So if you guys are ready for this episode, I'm not going to uh, draw this out any longer than it needs to be. Without further ado, here is episode 30 of the Son of Man podcast with Tyler Moon. Tyler Moon, welcome to the Son of Man podcast. How are you? I'm great, Paul. How are you today? Man, I'm, I'm so good. First of all, thank you so much for jumping on today. We're going to be talking about your story, what God's done in your life, and some crazy facts that's happened, and I'm super interested to just jump right in. So before we get started, though, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your, like, growing up. You start wherever you want, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, like I said, my name is Tyler Moon. I live in Minnesota, which is in the United States of America. Uh, we border with Canada, so it, it can be cold here sometimes, right. but... Uh, in the spring and summer, it's pretty pleasant here. Uh, but yeah, I grew up in this area, uh, pretty active kid, played lots of sports, uh, basketball, baseball, a little bit of track and field. Uh, my main sport was actually football. So American football, I was a, an offensive lineman for uh, my college days. So I was a bit bigger when I was in, in college. Uh, but mm. uh, I love sports, love watching sports and, and being involved in that area. What, what college did you go to? I went to a small school called Luther College, so right. it's a, a kind of a tiny school in Iowa, United States, and uh, studied business while I was there, as well as uh, communications in Spanish. So uh-huh. I had a great experience there, loved uh, the community that was there, and uh, loved playing football. It was an awesome experience. Right. No one's, no one, I've actually never talked to someone who's played like, or they haven't mentioned it at least, played like a college sport. Um, just from the outside perspective, about half the probably about a quarter of the people listening are from the States, but for the other 75%, what, what's the experience like as a college athlete? Like, cause obviously all we see is shows, or maybe not shows, but you know, we've seen the movies, we've seen all that sort of stuff. Right. But from your perspective, maybe it's, just, I assume it's probably a little bit different in a smaller school, but like, what was your experience of being playing football in college? Yeah, that's a great question. So in the U S they have different divisions of, right. of college sports. So Division one is kind of like what you see probably on TV, University of Alabama or University of Texas, those schools. And then you go down division two, division three, and there's also some divisions as well. So I was division three, which means that there's no 
athletic scholarships. You basically mm-hmm. uh, just play because you want to play. Um, it's still competitive, but right. it's a group of people that aren't D1 or D2. Um, but it's a lot of it's a lot of work and a lot of fun all at the same time. So, you know, even though we were Division three, we're still getting up multiple days a week early in the morning to work out. Uh, we still have to pass all of our classes to stay eligible. True. Uh, and then we have games, you know, every week in the fall. And then it kind of just always continues. You know, four years straight, you're either working out or, or running or playing a game and, and being involved with recruiting other players to come on the team. So it's an awesome experience. Uh, it's a great experience, especially as a young adult, because you yeah. get to learn a lot about yourself and a lot about uh, the skills that you want to have as you get older. Right. And it's crazy because we, I went to university here in New Zealand. Like, it's not that big of a thing like sports. Like, obviously, they, they're there. It might be, I don't know if it's probably like it'll be less than what you had. Like, there's, there's like, you don't even like, if you didn't go to university, like, you wouldn't even know about it. Like, people just like they right. play and it's competitive and all that. But like, there's no, there's no travel, there's no nothing. I don't even know how it works, but there's no like big college sports here, which is kind of disappointing because I wish there were. That'd be really cool. And I'd like, I'd go to the games if there were some, but it's just not really a thing here. High school is like kind of right. big, but when you get to college, it kind of fizzles out and no one really, you know, there's right. no big. Well, obviously, if big professional sports here is probably rugby, but I'm not much of a rugby person. But with basketball and all that, it's, not, like, it's just not that big, which is disappointing. But I wish it was. Right. Have you? Do you know much about rugby? We're getting off topic, but I'm just curious. No, no, I was going to actually ask you about like football because I know there's Australian rules football. Right. But I didn't know if New Zealand had some type of football or like if it's just rugby. Yes. What's no, that like? Yeah, we've just got rugby, which is like Australia used to be good at it, but then they kind of just don't care about it anymore. And uh, when I went to Australia, they're big on AFL, so like Aussie rules football, like that big on it. I don't, to be, I actually don't really understand it. To be honest, I did a, we did it for a bit in PE class, but I don't really. It's confusing. It was cool, but it's not. I don't know. I just never got into it. But yeah, we just play rugby. Um, I don't really. I did when I was five, and I was a skinny white kid, so I didn't really work out too well. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, so it's good. So um, but rugby's like dying off a little bit. To be honest, like it's not that big oh, anymore. Really? But um, yeah, like with injuries and stuff. Is that why? Um, I think they just they haven't done a good job of like promoting it that well like like the big like professional level like there's not that much you know how there's the whole production value behind sports in America you don't we don't really right like the games are televised but there's no I was listening to someone talk about it and you know how if you watch NBA or NFL there's like storylines in the background about players what they do off the field right. and there's like rivalries and teams and there's like obviously it's sport but there's also like story and characters in it. Whereas in New Zealand, it's not really that. It's kind of just sport. And then over time, it's kind of just starting to fizzle out. I think that's my opinion. People might disagree, but that's, that's how I see it. Um, but without further ado, why don't we talk about your story? So you started writing at some point, and I'll let you start wherever you want to start and we'll just get right into it. Yeah. So after I got out of college, I was a, a bit bigger. So um, I, I played offensive line, which is kind of a position you need to be a, a bit like heavier and stronger um, and as I was getting into my like adult years I, I knew I didn't really want to be that big um, and so I decided to try to just get into better shape so I started running you know seriously or more consistently when I was like 22 or 23 right. um, and I would just go for runs a couple days a week um, and slowly just started to kind of lose some weight and I really just started running because of that I wanted to get into shape didn't have a super strong passion for it I would say uh, running for fun was not something I really had thought about uh, but over time I kind of did uh, enjoy it and by the time I was 25 and I signed up for uh, kind of my first official race 
I, I was excited for it. I was excited to kind of compete again in a different way, you know, not like in a football way, but in right. kind of a, you know, against yourself type of way. So that's kind of my journey to where I was when I got to be about 25. And do you say, do you say 2015 or am I just thinking of 25? Um, 25. So 2019 is when I ran my, when ran my race. 2019. Okay. How, how long was the race? Oh, that matters. So it was a 10 mile race. Yeah. And it was, uh, it's a twin Oof. cities, 10 miles. So in uh, Minnesota, where our capital is uh, St. Paul, but we also have a big city called Minneapolis. And so together we call them the Twin Cities. Uh, and the, the race is called the Twin Cities 10 Mile, uh, which I think is probably like 16 kilometers if you're going like uh, with the metric system or the uh, that system there. So in that vein, it's a pretty decent race. It's nothing too crazy, but yeah. you definitely get your blood pumping. I can do that. Um, yeah, yeah, but it was a, it was a big big thing for me. It was a a new adventure for me to run that far. So I prepared for it and trained for it and got everything ready to go. And when race day came, I was ready to make it happen. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah. Cause Ten miles is a decent effort. Like I couldn't run that these days. Like I was in high school, but damn, like I can't run ten miles. How right. long was so? How long were you training for that for? So. Probably, let's think, I started in the spring at some point, you know, so like April or May, I probably started in the races in October. So maybe like four to six months, but nothing like too mm. crazy. A couple times a week running two, three miles, slowly building up over time. Yeah. Um, and then I got to the point where I was running like the last run I did before my race was about eight miles long. Oh, true. Then you just went straight, went straight to a 10 mile without ever running that exactly is that scary yep you know i don't know if it was necessarily scary but it was just kind of like this interesting feeling of being um in an uncomfortable situation you know pushing yourself to be like i don't know if i'm gonna make this (laughs) you know make it happen but Mm. either i don't or i start walking or whatever it is but yeah i gotta show up and at least give it my best shot yeah great okay and then so what happens at the race what's what's the next thing yeah, so um, shortly after mile eight, actually, of my race, so 80% done with the race, mm. I suffered a sudden cardiac arrest, uh, which basically means I collapsed in the middle of the road, uh, slammed my face on the ground, and I was you know, kind of teetering in between life and death for about 10 to 15 minutes as mm. people gave me CPR. Well, what is, I think I remember you saying you don't really remember anything from that moment, right? Yeah, so I actually don't have any memory after mile one. So oh. uh, there's a couple of reasons as to why, but they said that it could be because I had a concussion when I fell. Right. Uh, it's likely that I had maybe some short, short-term memory loss. Uh, but after I was rushed to the hospital, you know, um, I don't want to spoil the story, but I'm alive still. <laughs> so I was rushed to the hospital and uh, they uh, put me in the uh, induced coma. And so part of that coma medication could have also given me some short-term uh, memory loss so the only memory i have is the first mile of the race oh so they can i don't sound like i don't know anything but like they put you in a coma is that how it works yeah yeah so for mm. me they were and i don't necessarily know why you know i don't know if they were you know trying to stabilize my body my heart mm. my mind i think they're trying to they they cooled me down they like really actually cooled me down physically cooled me down mm. and then put my body kind of in this you know coma to just let me kind of stable out and then they did a bunch of tests and tried to look at 
what was happening with my heart and, and my brain because I didn't know what was happening when I fell. So uh, right. I was in the ICU right away and under that coma for uh, a number of hours. Oh, oh, true. And how long do you end up being in hospital for? So in total, I was there for about seven days. Uh, mm. I was only in the coma for a few hours, you know, um, but I slowly came back, you know, to consciousness. It took me um, a few hours to get out of the coma and then it took me kind of a few days to really kind of get my bearings back. Like I was awake, you know, I was right. like alive yep. and chatting and stuff, but I wasn't really like myself. You know, it was kind of... Uh, Right. Um, very emotional and just kind of like understanding what happened. And then, you know, I, I, I couldn't remember much. Even people told me, you know, right away. So it took me a few days to really get mm. my bearings back. And then do you remember, so do you remember like waking up from your coma and that's when your like memory started again? You know, I don't have any memory for like two or three days after I woke up with the coma. Mm. Oh, yeah. true. So it's kind of unique. People yeah. like tell me stories and they're like, man, you said this in the hospital. That's and I'm dangerous. like, I did? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. Ah, uh, true. Okay, well, yeah. let, let's talk about the first. So a cardiac arrest is when blood stops getting to the heart or something. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's there's two ways to think about uh, like cardiac arrest and heart attacks. So mm. a heart attack is kind of a plumbing issue. And that's oh, okay. when uh, blood doesn't get to your heart. So oh, okay. you have a blockage of some sort in your heart. Whereas a cardiac arrest is an electrical issue. Mm. Um, and so the electrical waves of your heart just act funny for some reason, which does sometimes cause your heart not to get the proper blood flow that it, that it needs. Mm. Um, in my case, I had ventricle tachycardia, which the ventricles are the two bottom chambers of your heart. And for me, they, they were kind of misfiring. Uh, they were kind of actually quivering in my chest. So it was like 300 beats per minute is what they thought my heart was going, Whoa, what the? which is like double like my normal activity rate. I mean, right. like 160 or 180. Yeah. Yeah. That's not and safe. then that caused me to, yeah, it they caused me to not have any blood flowing through my body, which caused me to collapse. Right. Um, and then just sit on the pavement there until someone came to help. True. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. So what happens? You have your cardiac arrest. Obviously, you don't remember it, but I assume you got told what happened. So what happens then? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so from what I've been told, um, <laughs> there was a, a group of people around me. So it was, you know, other runners, uh, race volunteer, um, you know, people that were watching the crowd that saw this happen and then mm -hmm. came to my aid, you know, and, and, and circled me. They flipped me over. So I landed on my face, on, my, on the front of my uh, body. They flipped me over. And they just started talking to each other like they were speaking in medical terminology, which kind of tipped each other off to be like, OK, we all know what we're doing here. We all kind of understand, you know, this this vein or, you know, this type of medical uh, term. And so uh, someone just made the call to say, hey, I think we need to start giving this kid CPR. And so they just started there. And it was kind of like maybe, you know, in the U.S., we learn how to do CPR and, you know, mm -hmm. in middle school or high school. Right. Um, and it's kind of exactly what you would learn in that same situation. It's 30 chest compressions and then someone's giving breaths with, um, you know, manually with their own breath or with a breathing apparatus. Mm -hmm. And you just keep rotating when someone gets tired. And so that was what they did for, you know, 10 to 15 minutes before the ambulance could come and, and shock me back into sure. rhythm. Is that, is that the best thing, like, for someone who has a cardiac arrest, is that CPR, is that the best thing to do? So, yeah, so the, the first thing you should do, if anyone ever collapses, you always want to, you know, 
check their pulse and check, um, right. you know, their breathing. And so just because someone collapses doesn't mean they need CPR. Right. Um, you have to really check their pulse. So they checked my pulse and they couldn't find anything. And mm. so that alerted them to start doing CPR on me. Uh, and for people with cardiac arrest, it is the best thing to do is early intervention. So right. if someone you know is is not having a pulse at anywhere, the best thing you can do is to give CPR. And then on top of that, if you can't, maybe you're by yourself or you don't know what to do, just give chest compressions mm. because the breathing um, is it's important, but it's more important to just do chest compressions. Right. Um, that's kind of what the American Heart Association suggests for folks. Yeah. Um, I was very lucky that I had early intervention for me, that people were there like right away to do right. something. Yeah. Okay. Um, first of all, crazy. Second of all, <laughs> um, where, where does God play a part in all this for you? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, so my, I was, my wife and I, she, we're married now, but at the time her and I were, uh, engaged. So, mm. uh, she's my fiance and we'd been going to a really strong Christian church here in, in Minneapolis and just getting into the word. And her and I have both been Christians for the majority of our lives. We've not, we've obviously not been perfect. Uh, we've right. struggled at different points, but mm. we've been Christians. And so before everything happened, we were, you know, preparing for our wedding, you know, doing premarital counseling and being involved with church. And mm. so, uh, we, we felt like our life was really built on Christ and built on the rock. Uh, and when everything happened, we didn't really lean towards frustration or anger towards God, but lean towards just trusting mm. him and leaned into right. just being like, Hey, we don't know why this happened and we don't know uh, what the next step is, but we just trust you, God, with whatever you have. And so that was kind of the big, uh, I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it an aha, but the big feeling in the room was that like, Hey God, we trust you. And like, whatever right. happens, happens. Yeah. And we're just going to be thankful for each day that we're here. Yeah. Um, you had on your, um, uh, on your running bib, you had Jesus saves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well so that what was, was kind the of thinking behind that? Yeah. What was the yeah, thinking behind so, that? When you do a race, like, um, yeah, I guess, I don't know what it's like for you guys, but people usually put yeah, their name so on their race bib, yeah. you know, and that it's usually a common thing, nothing wrong with that. And it's helpful for folks. Um, you know, if you're running the race, I don't know your name, but I see your name is Paul. I can mm. say, Hey Paul, keep it up, man. Like, you know, two sure. miles to go, whatever it might be. So it can be used as like an encouraging thing and something that, that people can use as you're watching. And so I, I did that for my race, babe. I put my name on it initially. And then I was uh, coming home one day from work. And I remember I parked my car outside of our, uh, out of, outside of our house, a place that we rented with some friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just had this thought like, hey, man, I should change my race bib to something that's a bit more encouraging, a bit more about my faith and about, about Jesus. Right. And so I just thought, okay, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. We know we're called to be, you know, encouragers of other people too and, you know, to share our faith with other people. And I thought this was a pretty um, know, simple way to do it, you know, mm. without being too aggressive or scaring people <laughs> right. off or whatever it yeah, is, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, sure, let's just make it happen. Um, so I emailed the person, said, hey, I want to change my race bib from my name to Jesus Saves. And that just fit with the, you know, the number of characters that they gave me on the race bib oh, and, and got this idea across that, um, you know, Jesus Saves was for eternity. That was my thought, that like if someone saw that, yeah. They would either be reminded of it or they'd ask a question and be like, I don't even know what that means. Like, maybe I should look into that more. And hopefully that would just take them on a path to discovery. Right. 
Yeah, and it's crazy how you can obviously see that God was in this whole situation, but how simply like sometimes God will just put a thought in our mind or, you know, something that we think about and you can just see how God's played a part in this whole story already of what you've already been speaking about, which I think is super, super encouraging that like, like how good is God, man? And that's like, it's crazy right. just to see what he's done in your life. Um, before we start talking more, a little bit more about God and stuff, is there anything else in the story that we've missed out or anything more you want to add or anything? Yeah, for sure. So I know one thing that's pretty cool that people often read is that one of the people that came to my aid, his his legal name is Jesus, which is spelled oh, like Jesus. <laughs> He's like a, a, you know, of like Latin or Hispanic descent. So right. uh, we didn't know that, you know, for a while. We actually had, had communicated with this specific person. His name is Jesse. Um, mm-hmm. And we had talked a little bit after everything happened. But then when newspaper got involved and things like that, they did some more research and they kind of blasted that out throughout the world. <laughs> Uh, which was cool. And it was cool that the story went off the way that it did. Right. Um, and so that was exciting to be able to share that Jesus saves for eternity. And on that specific day, Jesse or Jesus was there to also save me. That's so crazy, um, bro. You know, yeah, isn't that, just, it's just nuts. So I don't know what, yeah. you know, I, I mean, it's God working, right? I mean, right. But it's just like crazy to think that's how he chose to work on that day. Mm. Um, and so I'm thankful for Jesse and thankful for the other, you know, I oftentimes tell people that there was a dozen or so people there. Right. I'm thankful for each one of them for what they did. And I want to encourage folks, if you see something like that happen in your community, um, to know, you may not know what to do, but to step up and help out, either call somebody or go help somebody in, 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 in need, whether it's someone that falls off a bicycle or, or even something mm. just very basic that happens in your community. But God can use you wherever you are to help, you know, save someone's right. life or make their day a bit a bit better. Yeah. Have you like do you have you stayed in contact with anyone? Or like do you know them? Do you even know who they apart from that one guy, do you know who they are and stuff? Um a little bit, yeah. So I was able to meet a, a decent number of them. We had there was a banquet dinner after um, the race that was you know, the race organization has a dinner every year that they put on right. for the volunteers and everything like that. And so mm-hmm. they kind of bolted us on to the agenda because of what had happened. It was kind of a big deal locally here. And mm-hmm. so I met probably like eight or 10 of the people, which was incredibly cool. I had dinner with them, got to meet them and definitely a unique experience in a relationship to be able to meet these people that have saved your life. Right. Uh, at the same time, you don't have any memory of it. So they kind of like know you but I don't really know them, but yeah, we right. obviously have a really strong bond, you know? So yeah. um, I'm connected to a few of them through, or, you know, maybe just one through social media or mm. two. And then actually Jesse and I and our, like me and my wife and Jesse and his family are actually pretty close. We get together every True. couple of months just to, you know, have dinner and, and hang out and stuff. So it's definitely a unique relationship and something that we're thankful for, you know, throughout this whole situation. We're thankful for those new bonds that we've been given through, through Christ's plan. Yeah, nice. And what's it like? Like, does any part of this, um, the story, like, still have an impact on you today? Like, we'll talk about the God part of it, but is there anything like ongoing or even health stuff ongoing? Like, where are you at now after all that? Yeah, so I have a defibrillator in. That's kind of like the True. the big uh, surgery that I had after. So they put a defibrillator in me, and yeah. uh, I'm still able to run and do things with confidence nice. uh, from a medical perspective. That if something were to happen that I would be shocked back into rhythm. Um, so that's kind of a big medical change. Um, 
nothing really changed, you know, that much for my physical health. I'm fortunate that mm. my brain still works great. Um, you know, my body still works great. Uh, the surgery didn't allow me. I can't do any more crunches anymore. That's the one oh, downside true. of my defibrillator. Because of the, so oh. can you because it's placed in my abdomen. So it oh. like goes in my abdomen and then it goes up to the bottom of my heart with two uh, wires and a coil. So Ugh. that's kind of the one thing. It's a super unique thing. It's crazy. If anyone like works in that industry, amazing medical devices and things like that that help people live really full lives. Right. Um, but that's kind of the only thing that's that's changed in terms of uh, my physical body. Uh, but spiritually, I think the biggest change is that we just feel so much stronger in our convictions and we see the, yeah. the power and the the hope that Christ gives because we were there. You know, we, we experienced some really tough stuff and we've come through it better than we were before, honestly. Right. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask how has all this sort of shaped or changed potentially your perspective of God, of what you had before? this whole situation has any have you noticed anything change or the way you see him or anything yeah so i think i just realized that he's active and alive in 2022 right you know i think sometimes when we read when i read i'll, I'll like personalize it when i read scripture mm -hmm. or i sing songs like maybe before my cardiac arrest i've been fortunate to live a, a pretty privileged life you know like right. good family life good schools things like that and um the concept of God was real, but it, it never really felt like I was, you know, you read about David and, you know, Daniel, right. Lion's Den and things yeah. like that, where they need God to move in order for something to happen. And, um, that was our first you know, for me, one of the first times I really felt like I need God to move right now. Like right. if God doesn't, doesn't work here, it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that's been really the biggest change for me is to just remember that, Hey, God is here and he brings hope and healing and restoration and in ways that I've never experienced, you know, in anything else besides what Christ can do. So that's been the biggest uh, change for me. Yeah. I wonder, because I think so, so often that we as Christians can doubt God. And even though we've seen what he's done in our lives, we've read about it, we've experienced it, like we know it's real. But we can still, like, we go through seasons of doubt and we're like, like, where is God in the season? And I wonder, even after experiencing something that God has obviously done in your life and everyone can tell that God was a part of that, do you still go through a season where you might doubt God or you might think he can't do something? Like, you're believing for something like, oh, I don't know if God can do that. Like, do you still have seasons like that? You know, I haven't had a season of doubt like that since my cardiac arrest, to be honest. Right. Um, not to say I'm perfect at, at my faith <laughs> at all. <laughs> That's but, fair enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I haven't. I know we really hold on to what we've seen there and um, mm. just remind ourselves of that a lot. I think when we see other tough stuff happening or we, you know, we have stuff that we go through with different people in our lives, we, we oftentimes think about that. And so I know I've been told that as well right. or people, you know, that we've, communicated with or like you know whenever you feel like god moves in your life you know keep a journal you know write something down and then mm. whenever you do have seasons of doubt go back to that journal and just read about the time that god showed up here and showed up there and it's a little bit different than reading it in scripture we know scripture is you know is inspired by the holy spirit and it's true but when you personalize it to right. say hey i remember when i remember when god showed up in x y and z um, that can be super powerful right. so um we yeah. oftentimes i think lean on our past to help us uh, in our present.
yeah what's crazy is like i don't know why god like why this has happened to you but like at the same time mm-hmm. you can see like you must bring some like people must get filled with faith when they talk to you and they hear your story and when if they're doubting they could be like damn but like remember when that happened to tyler when when god did that in his life and so everyone close to you must feel like it must be such i don't say a blessing but like they must get like encouraged out of what god's done in your life you know what i mean yeah yeah it's been i think it's been kind of the impetus for for me you know being on this show or being on different podcasts and and uh, doing some public yeah. speaking so we're doing some more public uh speaking since kind of covid's kind of uh faded away a little bit here in the states and so that's been a big thing because when we talk to people you know I, I i can tell you 50 stories about my life <laughs> and this is probably the only one that gets everybody to lean in in the All room right. and say like wait what'd you say? You know, they, that's kind of the, my one, my one party trick is this story. Right. And I think to be able to use it for Christ yeah. is so, uh, fulfilling in a way that, you know, I can't even explain. So it, it's great to feel that. And then to be able to go and share it with other people. Yeah. Nice. I was going to ask what's next for you, but is it mainly just continuing to share your story, getting it out there and like, cause what you're doing is so encouraging. Like, you know, actually, you're not here to push anything to sell or anything. You're here just to share your faith and share your story and encourage people, which I think is amazing. And first of all, like, I want to honor you for that. Like, that's incredible. Shout out to you. You're amazing. Um, but is that like, what's next for you? Yeah. You know, we, so my wife and I, we both work like normal, you know, nine to five jobs. So right. we, we have our own careers and we, we were cool with that. Um, but, you know, recently God just, we put it on my heart to start kind of a, I don't know if you, an official ministry, whatever you would call that. So mm. uh, it's called Moon Family Ministries, and right. basically the the driver behind it is to be able to encourage people to show people that life with Christ is the best life you can have. And we really just want to use what God's given us, our talents and our gifts, um, to to do that. So for me, it's this story and being on podcasts and and you know sharing the story, encouraging people going to schools and speaking uh, or churches and speaking to folks about it. And then as well, just using other things in our lives. So last year we, we made a running club because we know we right. were in, interested in running and we wanted to encourage people with the word and with fitness. So we did that for a summer. Um, and now we have a dog. That's kind of our next thing too. We have a puppy. <laughs> so uh, we want to be able to eventually make her or see if she's able to be a therapy dog. So we can mm. bring her to hospitals and, and be with people there and just try to see, um, what God has planned for that. So oh, man. we're really just trying to empty ourselves for Christ and just say, hey, what right. do you want us to do? When, let's go do it. Yeah, and that's epic, man, because honestly, like, that's not easy. Like, I'm sure it'd be so much easier for you just to, like, work full time, you know, just spend time with your wife, just hang out, just chill out. But, like, what you're doing is honestly so encouraging, and I believe so many people are going to be encouraged by what you're doing. To even start their own things, you know what I mean? Like, what you're doing mm-hmm. is having a big impact bigger than just yourself or myself or whatever, you know, I believe it's going to change people's right. lives. So first of all, thank you for doing that. Um, before we start wrapping up though, oh, we'll go into rapid fire. Can I jump in quick, yeah, Paul, bro, actually? Jump in, jump Can I jump in and say something quick? Yeah. Um, thank you for the kind words too. But I will, you know, I think oftentimes I'll speak about the Christian church in America mm. is that we just get so comfortable. You know, we just mm. feel like things are great and, you know, I can work my nine to five job and I can retire and, you know, 40 years, whatever it is, and get a nice house on a lake and just live my <laughs> life and die. And things are just great. You know, like that's, I think that sometimes we think that, and I've thought that in my own life. Yeah. And then I just remember what God calls us to do. And like, if I'm going to be about Christ, then I'm going to be all in on it. 
And so mm. I might not make as much money as I want to, or I might not live this certain life or retire when I want to, but I'm living for Christ every day and doing right. whether it's this ministry or something else down the line. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't want to cut you off there, no, but I feel like that's something yeah. that we can do, especially as young adults. You know, I feel right. like in the younger generation to be like, you know, we want to, if we want to raise our families or do different things like that, or show the world that like, we're not just here to, you know, retire and die and be okay, but we're here to live a really full life for Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, cause before this interview, I was re- interviewing someone about leadership and we were talking about taking action. And I, I remember mm. mentioning that it's so easy for us to just like coast by life, coast through life, just chilling, you know, we well, like, sure we'll go to church on Sunday and we'll do all that sort of stuff. But um, actually going out and making an impact is so important and we can just live our life do all that but being able to go out and actually change people's lives is something it's probably not the norm to be honest oh yeah so where mm-hmm. i was actually going with this i started i started losing a bit where i was actually going with this is for me as a like a young adult, like i'm 21 i'm all about like i want to be able to like buy a house and be in a good relationship and work hard and earn money and blah 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 blah, blah. but there's like there's so many people who are like my age who have I'm not rich, but like I've been working full time, so I have some savings. But like, there's people who haven't been working; they don't have any savings. But dang, they just—they are so happy. They just love life, and there's so much more to life than just working and saving up money, buying a nice house. But if we can actually use that time to like make an impact on stuff, like it's so powerful. And I think it's totally what you were saying about all that. Like, sure, you could just, you know, work hard and you work at that, and you know, have a nice house and retire and blah blah blah. But like spending time like advancing God's kingdom and spending time with God is stuff that doesn't always lead to like physical change, but like right. there's so many happy people who don't have much, but just love God and all that. So I, I thank you for jumping in. That's great. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I agree hundred percent. So yeah. Um, is there anything else in your story you want to get to? Do we miss anything before we do some rapid fire questions? No, no, I think that, that that's pretty much it. And, uh, I just appreciate having me on. I'm ready for the rapid mm. fire session. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a great story. Keep sharing it. It's amazing. Um, I say rapid fire, but sometimes we end up spending like five minutes on each question, but there's only three. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll do it quick. Um, first of all, what's your favorite book? Great, great question. I know you sent, so mm. full disclosure, he sent these to me you know, <laughs> the, the, earlier and I was thinking about them. Mm. Um, so I just read a book called Extreme Ownership by sure. a Navy SEAL and um that one was really good. It's not a Christian book, right. so I, not, I'm not all in on it, but no, the idea fine. basically is to, just to take ownership of everything that you do. And mm-hmm. I thought the power of that, especially in my life, to not push blame, but to just take ownership of the mistakes that are made uh, underneath my leadership or you know in my own life mm-hmm. has been pretty transformational. So uh, extreme ownership, that's the uh, top one right now for sure. That's great. Do you know how to spy? Did you say it's uh, Jocko Will. Willink. Oh yeah, Willink. yeah. No, nah. I know. I know yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um. Okay. Uh. What is your favorite podcast? Do you are you much of a? Do you listen to many podcasts? You know, I don't actually listen to too many. You know, I and mm. I don't. I've tried. You know, I feel like I got into different things at different times. <laughs> it's not your. Um, I do love listening to sermons and stuff like that. Nice. That's kind of been uh, exciting for me to do. Um, but actually our, a podcast that I've listened to, they've only had two episodes out, but our local church here in the Mm -hmm. Minneapolis area just released their own podcast and they're interviewing people from our church. And so that's been super Mm -hmm. cool to hear people's stories, 
um, you know, more than we would have in the past, just, you know, meeting them, you know, seeing them at church and getting coffee or whatever it is. So I'm excited for this podcast that they have going on right now. Yeah. What's it called? Do you know? Um, it's Cedar Valley church. So, uh, uh, and it's just, uh, that's their church name. I think it's called, uh, lean into the messy. That's the podcast. Nice. Nice. Sounds cool. Um, okay. This is the interesting one. If you could have one mentor dead or alive, anyone you want, except, except for God, obviously, if you could have one mentor dead (laughs) or alive, who would that be? Yeah, I know God is usually like the people ask that at work or whatever. And I'm always like, I don't typically say God, but that's like always the one that it's like Jesus, you know, that'd be great. Right. Um, you know, I feel like there are some pretty amazing, like pastors or missionaries, you know, I'm reading right now a book called spiritual leadership, uh, by J Oswald Sanders. And it's a really kind of old book, like in the 1940s or fifties, like they wrote it, but they've revamped it a few times to make it more, um, easy to read for like 2022, you know? Right. Um, but the principles are super solid and he always references different missionaries cause he was a missionary, um, you know, Hudson Taylor and things like that, that were just powerful missionaries. So I think just to be able to sit and, you know, have coffee or whatever it is with someone like that and just to learn what their life was like to be all in, uh, in that missionary perspective would be pretty powerful. Yeah. That's crazy. I've, yeah, I haven't actually heard of him before, but that's cool. I'll, I'll write that down. Um, yeah. yeah, well, honestly, Tyler, man, thank you so much for jumping on. Honestly, I've, I've already said it, but like, I honor just the way you're living your life, the way you encourage people, like what you're doing is actually amazing. And so I keep doing it. Um, I appreciate you jumping on so much, but if people want to learn more about you, about Moon Family Ministries, um, where can they learn more about that? Yeah, so we have a general email, so moonfamilyministries at gmail.com. So, you know, just one word, uh, but also our Instagram. So Moon Family Ministries, just that's the handle. Um, it's a photo of me, my wife, and our dog. That's kind of the, the profile picture for now. But we're just getting started, and, you know, um, we're not trying to sell anything or do anything crazy, just trying to encourage people. So yeah. uh, give us a follow if that's something that interests you, and we'd love just to engage with you wherever you're at. Yeah, that's great. And like, it's amazing how you actually are just here, like not to, well, to promote something, but not, you're not selling anything. You're not here for like, you don't really have an agenda. You're just here to share your story and share God, which, which is incredible. So again, thank you so much for jumping on, man. Really appreciate it. And can't wait to see what God does in your life. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Son of Man podcast. I hope it brought you as much value as it did to me. And if you did enjoy it, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to this. It really helped more ambitious Christians just like yourself all around the world get some of this knowledge that we discussed today. Also, if you'd like to dive deeper into any of the topics we discussed today, I've actually got a free private Facebook group uh, that is filled with people just like yourself, people who are trying to achieve their God dreams, that you can head over. The link will be in the show notes or in the description below and go check that out. Anyway, guys, hope you have a great day. I'll be back here next time, same time, same place, next week. And I'll see you guys there. Peace out.